Welcome to Journey Within with myself, Nigel Paul Miller. Today I'm joined by Tony Doyle. Tony is a world-class transformational mindset coach who works with aspiring online entrepreneurs to help them get to the next level by fine-tuning their mindset to enable them to achieve more than they ever thought possible. He is the host of the inspirational podcast On The Rise and has worked with some of the biggest names in the industry. Tony is also a strong advocate of the law of attraction and the incredible power that it has in our lives. Welcome to the show, Tony. Thanks so much for joining me. How are you? Thanks, Nigel. I'm great. Thanks for having me on your show. Absolutely, my friend. More than welcome. More than welcome. Um, so, yeah. So, look, I, I've obviously got loads of questions I want to ask you today. But um, I suppose the first thing I kind of wanted to kind of get into was a little bit about your background and kind of what led you to the point where you kind of decided that you wanted to be a transformational coach. Like, where, where did it all begin for you? Um, I, I guess, honestly, it, uh, I've always been in a uh, type of leadership, like even as a youth. I mean, I, uh, I grew up in the Boy Scouts organization and I was, I was a leader at 11, um, literally 4-H, like, like every organization or sports team I've ever been, I've, I've always aspired to, you know, to the leadership role there, whether it's, you know, a captain of a sports team or, you know, whatever, the patrol leader of the, of the group, whatever. So I think leadership has, has always been in me. Um, and at the same time, definitely service. Uh, both of my parents are world-class service people. I mean, they've, they've gotten all kind of awards in the United States for serving. So I grew up in that mentality of service and, you know, being a self-leader as well. I think it was a, a, natural, a, a natural fit for me, honestly. Wow, that's amazing. And tell us a little bit about your parents then. So what exactly, what exactly were they doing? Um, really different things at different times in their life. They're, they're actually, uh, both professional musicians. Um, so I grew up on the music side too, um, doing those things, but they, I mean, they're always involved in civic organizations and in churches, um, uh, like feeding the hungry type of things. Um, like right now they're on, they're older. So they're in area seven on aging, you know what I mean? It's a special agency in, you know, in the U S for older Americans, you know, and making sure they have food and housing and all that stuff. So, um, it's just, it's been a natural part of our lives. You know what I mean? We've always fed the homeless and helped, you know, clothing drives and blood drives and everything else, you know? So, yeah. Well, that's amazing. That's beautiful. And I suppose that's kind of like that. You've kind of got that kind of family team spirit as well. We are kind of all, you know, branching together to, to make a positive difference in the world. So that must have had a very positive effect on you growing up, I'd imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that definitely made all the difference as far as uh, me coming back to that now, you know. Um, I, I suppose I never really left it. But of course, you know, after college, I branched out. I, I'm, I'm actually a signed musician and I went on tour for 18 months straight, you know, uh, a mm -hmm. world tour. Um, so I was doing music and I was recording and doing all kind of stuff. So there for a while, it was much more ego, egocentric type of stuff, but definitely settled right back into it. You know, um, it was always in me, even when we were overseas, you know, we were, we were still, you know, visiting, uh, hospitals and you know what I mean? And <laughs> all, all those type of things. But, um, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely my passion, you know? 
helping people and stuff like that. Yeah, that's really, really cool. Yeah, because a lot of people say that like one of the most rewarding things you can do is is to give, you know, like philanthropists and stuff like that and people who just, you know, kind of feel that it's just, it's something that, you know, they're giving back in a sense, especially very successful people. And yeah. I think it's that kind of feeling of reward to know that you're actually making a difference in someone's life, but you're not expecting anything in return. Yeah, exactly. And um, the, the funny thing is you were saying a little bit there in the introduction about the law of attraction. And honestly, that's exactly the law of attraction in action. What you, what you put out vibration-wise, your energy, everything is energy. What you put out, you get back. That's, that is the law of attraction. Law of attraction states like attracts like or like begets like you know so um yeah i'm huge on that but uh like i said i I mean i was actually raised up in in uh, a christian family but uh um i'm I'm way more spiritual than than religious at this point you know Um, definitely that same that golden rule is is always there you know what i mean you're always the the do unto others, you know, at least, which is really the law of attraction again. So. It's so funny that you mentioned that because my mom, when she brought me up, the one thing I remember her saying to me was always treat other people as you wish to be treated. And it was yeah. actually only in the past few years I realized or I found out that that's actually the golden rule, which essentially yeah. is the law of attraction. Like, you know, what you send out comes back. So it's, it's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, I know. It really is. And you know what? Like I said, I was, I was raised up Christian, but when during my college years, I actually um, studied different religions in college, you know, through university. So I, I, I got into, you know, Asian religions and, you know, all kind of different philosophies and all kind of wow. things. And that golden rule is in 99% of all philosophies and religions of the world. You know what I mean? So you can't tell me that that's not something, you know, and they say, you know, the, it's the universal law of attraction is what it's actually called. And, I, I definitely believe it to be true. The universe is definitely based on that, in my opinion. So. That's incredible. So you've actually studied all the different philosophies and all the different viewpoints of um, essentially God, I suppose. Um, yeah. that's, that's incredible, man. That must have given you a very unique insight into humanity and into you know, religions and why you know, there is a lot of separation in the world with regards to religion. And- yeah, absolutely. Um, and the funny thing is, I, w- I studied that, but I also studied um, a lot of sociology and, um, you know, like how, how people act. And sociology is the study of people. So it's, it's how people act, you know, with each other, like relationships, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, and that, actually that's, I use my sociology degree. I have a, a degree in sociology i use that on a daily basis because i work with underprivileged kids and like homeless families still to today um that service thing so even though i'm a professional coach i work in the school corporation here the school system with the youth um youth that have anger management problems and um mental health things uh, autistic kids things like that um so i'm able to use that that sociology degree as well as some philosophy and um, like I said, I studied the world's religions, and the, the funny thing is, studying the world religions, Nigel, is what got me out of religion. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's funny, isn't but it? <laughs> it? It is. Um, but what I what I what what I really found is kind of like we were talking about the golden rule. There are certain tenets among all religions, and then there's a lot of man-made stuff. 
You know what I mean? So those four or five things I'm practicing anyway. I don't need a set religion and a time to go, you know, this, you know, pay this or whatever. I don't need that. You know, Um, I think it, my personal philosophy is anything that makes you a better person, do that. So if whatever religion makes you a better person and keeps you, you know what I mean? On whatever you think your straight and narrow should be, then go do that. That's perfect. You know what I mean? That's great for you. So Absolutely. I think there's a place for religion. Just organized religion is just not my thing. Like I said, I've kind of, um, I'm very spiritual though. Uh, I mean, as you, as you know, I mean, we know a little bit of, about each other and the, our backgrounds and stuff. So um, I am very spiritual, but just not very religious. Um, and like I said, I use all that stuff on a daily basis. Some people go through university and never use their degree. Not me. I use every single piece of, I actually have three degrees and I use all three of them. Wow. Uh, yeah. So I, I actually graduated with a communications degree in radio TV film. That was my first degree. And then I also have a sociology degree and I went back and got a business management degree. And so now I'm a business coach who teaches law of attraction and philosophy. Uh, you know it. what I mean? And I work with youth <laughs> in the thing. So I, every single day I'm working with all that. That's stuff. fantastic, man. So you're literally taking all your skill sets and all your education and you've literally combined it into this, you know, one kind of thing that you're doing uh, with regards to making a difference in the world. I mean, that is, that is actually fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's, I definitely have customized my own, uh, my own thing. <laughs> yeah, wow. I mean, because you say that's non-linear. It's kind of a non-linear combination of, of different kind of skill sets, different perceptions, different viewpoints, different yeah. education systems. And stuff. It really is, yeah. I, I don't know that any, I don't personally know anyone else that has that same unique combination, you know, so. Yeah, that's fantastic. It, it, gives, me, uh, it gives me an advantage in, in, uh, in my opinion, on the coaching side especially. Of course, you know, yeah. because I can because I can go I can delve deep into philosophy and spirituality. You know what I mean, as well as sociology. So I can, you know, yeah, so and you, I have a business management degree. So if yeah. I'm working with mindset of a CEO, I literally can bring in anything, any piece that they may be lacking. I may be able to coach them through. You know what I mean? That's fantastic. Yeah, because I mean, a lot of these kind of high performers and stuff like that, a lot of times they kind of, you know, they're super successful in business, but then their family life is falling apart or their relationships are falling apart because there's, there's yeah. an, an imbalance there. And a lot of those guys, yeah, that's what they tend to suffer with. So, I mean, what do you kind of uh, use the kind of, you know, coaching through emotion kind of thing? Do you get them to, to kind of write a vision of the way that they want to see things? What, what way do you kind of work with people with regards to that? Well, I've got lots of different modalities. It it really depends where the person is. I just kind of, so first and foremost, I, uh, I'll sit down with them for 45 minutes and literally just ask them a series of questions to try to see where they're actually at. Because lots of times what they think they need is not what they need. Um, and that's true of anyone, you know, um, you know, in sociology and psychology, like um, our perception might not be the exact same thing. And, and me, as a, from an outside perspective, I can see a little bit uh, in a different way, you know. So like you said, lots of times folks are like, I just, you know, I, I've got the money thing down. You know what I mean? I know how to make money. I've been chasing money my whole life. But like you said, maybe the relationship's falling apart. I can't keep a wife. You know what I mean? I'm on, I'm on my third wife. And what do I do? You know, so. I just go through a series of questions 
and even things that they think that they've mastered. Um, so I've got a whole setup, and they, they answer all of those things. And then some of the things, depending on how they answer, I may follow up with the, some follow-up questions. You know what I mean? So I, I try to get a strong basis of where they're actually at in each of those areas. Um, I work with a company called Mind Valley, and we have uh, a program called Life Lifebook. And Lifebook talks about 12 core aspects of your life. Like every single, like literally every little bit of, uh, of anything that you could do. I mean, it breaks down money into like three different categories. It breaks down relationships into, you know, oh. friends, significant others, you know, yourself, you know. Well, that's very specific. Literally. What's that? I said that's very specific. I like the sound of that. That sounds really effective. Yeah, it's, it's super effective and it's something that most people never do. You know, lots of times people will sit down. Uh, you know, business people will sit down and they'll put out a five-year plan for their business. You know what I mean? Or they may take a life mastery course and put down three goals, a relationship goal, business goal, and, uh, you know, some other success goal. Mm. But very rarely do you actually go through and rate yourself on a scale of one to ten in every single area of your life and then put in a plan and an intention for every single one of those things. Um, wow. so, so that's what, that's what I, I go through and do. Um, and, and like I said, lots of times we find out it's the deficiency, the major deficiency isn't even in an area where the, where the person might think it is, you know, really? it may, it may really be in a, a mindset farther back. Um, you know, it could be something literally, um, some kind of negativity introduced as a child. You know, and that's why they're chasing money. You know what I mean? It's not it's not that they're deficient over here at all. It's that, that literally they're trying to prove somebody wrong yeah. from thirty years ago when they were in elementary school or something, you know. So it's uh, that just fascinates me, all that kind of stuff, because it's like, you know, you can be conscious of yourself and who you think you are, but then there's subconscious processes working away in the background that could have been caused, as you said, twenty years ago or whatever when you're a kid and it's like you literally spend your whole life not not ever discovering what the hell caused it do you know what i mean it's like yeah. so many people uh, and that's the thing lots of people don't and and honestly you know we've um i mean the coaching industry is really new you know what i mean before this you had to go to like a psychologist to learn this and and, and honestly like how many people did that not very many and how many men would even admit they had an issue to this point you know what i mean exactly. like we've really evolved to a point where we can work on ourselves a lot more than any time in the past, in my opinion, at least in the recent past Absolutely. and maybe Greece and you know what I mean? Mesopotamia, maybe they were great at that. I don't know. <laughs> Not in the last few hundred years have, especially men, I think been comfortable even admitting flaws. You know what I mean? So true. So, you so know? true. Um, yeah, no, it's amazing because I mean, I suppose you had the new, the new thought movement, essentially that was kind of in the 1900s or whatever that kind of, you know, that started the whole law of attraction um, kind of thing and the golden rule and stuff like that. So, you know, it's amazing over the past 100 years, how it's all kind of evolved and especially the personal development industry. I mean, it's just it, nowadays, it's just everywhere. And it's, I think it's fantastic because people need to learn how to develop themselves. 
Um, and I was talking to Dieter Colt uh, there a few weeks ago about, uh, you know, the educational system and how yeah. like they should bring personal development into the educational system and have life coaches, you know, teaching kids how to yeah. develop their self-esteem and how to develop, you know, their, yeah. their competence and stuff like that. Um, you know, so there's definitely a shift that, that needs to occur. And I think it is occurring slowly but surely. Um, it certainly is, you know. Definitely. I, I know for a fact here in the States that is definitely something. Like I said, I'm actually in the school corporation here where I'm at in Indiana, which is kind of the middle of the USA. Yeah. Um, I, so I work in there literally as a mentor and a, and a youth skills coach. Excellent. You know, anger management skills and, and those things. And um, mindfulness, like literally one of the things we teach is meditating and yoga and breath work. And you know what I mean? Like things that before would be so woo woo that <laughs> there's no way it would be considered, you know what I mean? No one would, would put forth money to put that into the school corporation, you know? So absolutely. But it's just, it's, it's the effectiveness that it's proven to have over the past few years. It's like, you know, introducing that into the school system, especially the mindfulness and stuff like that. And people just kind of pausing before they react to something, just teaching them that kind of emotional kind of choice and that yeah. stimulus choice response. Um, you know, and I think it's, yeah, it's incredible, but it's, it definitely is, is long overdue. It's definitely something that has needed to be introduced for a while. And it's fantastic to see that now, but do you think like the kind of, uh, the advances in technology has made a difference with regards to, to this type of stuff. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think it all works hand in hand. Um, the advances in technology are phenomenal in a lot of ways. And they, obviously they have some drawbacks as well, you know, and I know just recently there was a study talking about, uh, you know, video games and kids and, you know, kind of the effect is the same as, as crack cocaine or something like on, uh -huh. on the, the uh, endorphins and the things that are released in the brain. So there's obviously negatives to it as well. You know, we've got security, privacy issues and all those things mm -hmm. to work out. But overall, uh, absolutely, you know, computers just for one, you know what I mean? Are, have completely changed everything, you know, uh, obviously we can do a lot more self-study, you know, we are, are, handheld devices you know what i mean our little phones hold more power than than at any time in recent history you know so no, yeah it's, it, it's amazing it's, it's definitely has helped uh it also helps the kids you know that's the thing i'm into law of attraction and and those type of things and even um more so i don't know if you've heard heard the term like rainbow children and things like that um no. so in spirituality they consider this a 3g so they say the the planet right now we're here we're in a, a 3d uh a third density okay so that means feeling touching you know seeing you know we can use those things we're evolving to a 5d density oh yeah 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 i have heard stuff about the ascension or something like that i've heard i've heard some yeah yeah like so <clears throat> So, I mean, it's a, it's a deep rabbit hole that we don't need to get into now, but, um, <laughs> but absolutely, I mean, the shift is definitely going on in neuroscience, like science is like proven all this stuff and law of attraction and new thought and all that was kind of like the first wave to that. Mm -hmm. But, um, neuroscientists which study the brain, like they are like proving all of those things true, you know, as far as frequency and energy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, the brain waves, and when you mix that with the heart, 
you know, it, the the field around the heart is the like Merkabah. they call that the Merkabah, don't they? That's one of the terms. Yes, exactly. So you've got it. So, um, so it's just amazing. But in in saying that, um, they're saying we're going into a five D, so a, a fifth dimensional uh, type of being, which is where time is suspended. So of course, of course, science has said for a long time that time doesn't exist. It's just a marker that we made, humans mm. made. A tool of consciousness. This exactly. So this fifth dimension actually suspends time, and it talks about parallel timelines. You know, there's like all kind of different scientific studies around that. Mm. But um, what I'm what I'm getting to is these the rainbow children and the uh, indigo indigo children they're called. Um, but it's kids that are born at this special dispensation with all of these shifts going on. The technology is here. So they're coming in with, with, you know, we're at a base level so much higher than any other, um, any other, you know, people who've been born, you know, so it's really um, just exponential, like the, the momentum that's seen, like the scientists have studied for the last hundred years, like not only is this hundred years like momentous and great, it's literally getting faster and faster and faster and faster. You know what I mean? Like, so it's building and building and building and building to a point, And that's what they're talking about collapsing timelines to the point where humans won't even have to think in those terms anymore because it's not linear according to science. You know what I mean? It's, it's actually yeah. theory or, you know, there's all kinds of different explanations for it, but. Um, it's super interesting. To, to it go is. Down it's amazing. Hole, it is a rabbit hole, isn't it? I tell you, uh, quantum physics and quantum entanglement and all these different yeah. concepts—they're they're absolutely fascinating concepts. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm exactly the same as you. I could, I could talk about them for hours, you know. <laughs> but, but um, so let's uh, tell me a little bit about um, Hay House. Now, I understand that you uh, meant you were mentored by Wayne Dyer at one stage. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was able to work with Wayne Dyer. He wouldn't call himself a coach, but literally, I worked with him like you would a coach, like on a monthly basis. Um, he was my mentor for actually only for about, I guess about uh, not quite a year. So maybe 10 months or so yeah. um, before. And then he started dealing with cancer issues and, and different things. And he kind of shut himself off and focused his energy on beating cancer, which he eventually did. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's super interesting. Like it's funny how things are tied together. Uh, it actually, as all good stories do, it goes back to a female. Oh, <laughs> so, <laughs> I do tell. So, <laughs> so I was, uh, you know, I was doing my thing. Like I said, I was a musician, uh, do, doing all kind of different stuff. But uh, I had gotten off tour and gotten off the road and uh, opened up a recording studio, like a full-fledged recording studio, doing commercials and recording other artists and things can i just ask what like, can you just can you just say for listeners so what what style of music were you into it was hip-hop was it it is hip-hop yep yeah. i'm actually still signed to a hip-hop label today yep oh, cool, cool so i actually cool. did a show last night with a rapper called tech nine who's uh, the head of my label oh wow so he's the world's fastest rapper fastest rapper in the world the so. world's fastest rapper you kidding me yeah he, he owns a, he owns a label called strange music which i've been signed to for like five years Oh, wow. I'm going to check that out. Held, 
I've held a record contract for 25 years straight consecutive. Five years. Wow. Yeah. So I've been in music a long time. Wow. Um, so yeah, I was doing hip hop. And uh, like I said, I toured the world. I toured with the Fugees. That was my huge, the biggest world tour was with the Fugees. I mean, oh, I, if you know who that is, Lauren Hill. Unbelievable. Yeah. Wow. So we toured Europe and Japan, all kinds of places. Wow. Um, but then, like I said, I got off tour and I had, uh, I had a kid. And so I, I didn't want to be on tour doing that life while I was trying to raise a kid. So mm. I came back, opened a recording studio. Anyway, uh, different things happened. And I, I met this female and she actually was a writer. So, and this is it completely like this is literally how my spiritual awakening happened. Even though I was spiritual and doing philosophy all through my life, you know, like I said, I went on tour and kind of forgot about a lot of that. You know what I mean? Even though it was in the background. Um, but anyway, she was a writer and she wrote spiritual things. Um, and she actually was pitching a book to Hay House. So Hay House, if if all your listeners don't know, it's the the, the biggest. Uh, oh yeah, Louise Louise Hay is a book publishing yeah. company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. So, so one of the biggest uh, spiritual um, publishers uh, in the world. So Louise Hay, uh, Dr. Dyer, Dr. Joe Dispenza, uh, Greg Braden. I mean, the list is huge. All the people they have. Um, anyway, so she was pitching a book to them. We went to a writer's conference and um, she had been in the process for a while. So she had met all the authors at a previous conference. So she introduced me to Dr. Dyer, to Louise Hay, to uh, Reed Tracy, who's the actual publish, the publisher, um, who is, you know, even though it's Louise Hay owns it, like Reed runs it. You know what I mean? He runs Hay House. Um of course, Louise has passed at this point, as has Dr. Dyer, but and Reed is still there. <laughs> mm -hmm. Anyway, so I, I got introduced to all of them. Um, it was amazing. Uh, she ended up um, being part of a program that was that, doc, that Dr. Dyer was running, like right before he got cancer, and we actually got to go out to his Maui estate. And so we were out in Hawaii with with him, and uh, like. 20 or 25 other other people uh, aspiring authors and some other authors um, so it was great so we got to work with him a lot um, and then uh, he's the one basically which she was already telling me I should write a book because of the crazy stories and stuff that I had going on in my life she wanted me to write a memoir so but I got to talking to Dr. Dyer and he was like you my friend are a writer you you're just in denial <laughs> you're like, you're but you're really a writer <laughs> oh, wow. all that stuff you're writing yeah it needs to be in a book not on a song <laughs> so, <laughs> which he's big into both his daughter is actually a professional singer oh. so, her name is sky dyer and she's got like 12 albums out she's she's really good wow um, <clears throat> so so i started working with him one-on-one -on -one. and like i said uh unfortunately he he uh started battling with some some uh cancer and different things and he focused you know he needed all of his energy to focus so he kind of shut himself down on the island and literally would only talk to his publisher reed who was his best friend mm -hmm. that he only talked to him and his assistant that's it like mm -hmm. nobody else you know even even the kids could only come over like once a month he was focusing all of his energy on beating this cancer and stuff so mm -hmm. even so good. 
but it was amazing. And that was my introduction to Hay House. And because of that, and um, um, I finished up the book that he wanted me to write, uh, which is all about positivity. It's called Finding Your Silver Linings. So Finding I Your Silver book. Linings. Finding Your Silver Lining, yeah. So um, that book is in manuscript form, and Hay House paid me to hold it. They haven't published it yet, but they paid me to hold on to it, so I wouldn't pitch it to anyone else. Um, so I kept writing because I'm like, well, if they're not going to publish it, you know what I mean? Like they're just still holding on to it. They've had it now three years. What? So, and what's happened? Why haven't they published it? I don't understand. Why? Uh, publishing houses are like that. They're probably holding 15 right now. Not so just they're just kind of just waiting for the right time to release it when other stuff is kind of run, run dry, essentially. Is that, is that kind of how yeah. it works? Yeah. Well, I actually had, I had a release date at one point and, um, Dr. Dyer passed away. So, and so everything went on hold and they went into full, like literally they released no one else but Dr. Dyer for the fourth quarter of that year. Nobody. Oh. So they're like, no, we're, so they maximized on that. So then we got ready to do it. And then Louise died the next year. You know what I mean? Oh, on the anniversary of Wayne's death. So like literally everything is just keeps getting pushed back, pushed back. So they've only released like two new authors. Everybody else has already is tried and true seasons, you know, people. So, mm. so we shall see. But in the, in the meantime, I, I wrote the second, the follow-up to finding your silver linings. Um, and they actually purchased that. <laughs> they, they got the rights to that. They held that. And, um, just at this last conference, um, we went ahead and, and got that from me. So, um, so yeah, they're sitting on two of my manuscripts right now at Hay House. Um, but the beautiful thing is I get to work with them. Uh, so they have, they do a thing called Hay House U or Hay House Live. So sometimes it's called Hay House University. Sometimes it's Hay House Live. Depends where it's at. Um, but literally it's where they have five or six of their authors doing day long workshops. And so there myself and like three other aspiring authors, we get to go in there and work with them. We introduce, you know, and we get to pitch our concepts. We help out. So, so I get to work with them like at least two to three times a year with all the different authors. You know, we go to all kinds of different things. We do zoom meetings every month. And so, it's, it's, cool. it's awesome regardless. So uh can't officially say I'm a Hay House author, but. Not yet, but you will be. Definitely work with Hay House. You, you know, they pay for all my travel and all that stuff. So Can I it's ask awesome. you a question um, regarding the, like the brainstorming with the authors? Because I'm an author myself, obviously, but I've never, I've never really kind of pursued that, you know, gone down uh -huh. that route, so, so to speak. But I'd say it must be amazing when you actually meet other authors and you kind of get together and you kind of have a brainstorm. You must, there must yeah. be a lot of creativity that must flow out of that. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I definitely think that there's no better, like whatever your field is, whether, even if it's not author, but if you can get around 10 of people that are like you and have that passion also, it's, there's nothing like it because you're right. Everything just builds from the next thing. So it's like, it's, it's the best way to, to, for forward momentum ever. So the thing is like at these Hay House events, we go and obviously we fly in the day before that night we have, the, we have the author's dinner and that thing lasts from four o'clock until like 4am, you know, we eat and then it's just literally it's talking and people pitching and people doing combining and 
like, oh, he's going to write the forward to my next book. And they start, you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> amazing. It's amazing. It's so awesome. And Reed, Reed, the publisher, he just works the room and he's like, oh, so what are you guys doing? What are you talking about? You know what I mean? And he's like, he's like, yeah, go with that. I like that. You know? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Well, that sounds fantastic. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, another thing I kind of wanted to talk to you about <clears throat> was uh, making a profit with your passion. Uh, there's a lot of people out there who kind of have an idea or they have something, you know, that they want to kind of, you know, I suppose, voice to the world, but they don't know where to start with regards to kind of getting their voice out there and with regards to kind of, you know, getting yeah. revenue coming in from, from their passion, whether it be public speaking, whether it be writing, whether it be, you know, training, yeah. coaching or whatever. So what would you say to those people, you know, where to kind of begin and how to kind of take the first step? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's actually my main, my, my, my main avatar as we call it in coaching. So that's exactly who I coach mostly are uh, spiritual passion, service-based practitioners who want to turn that into a business or maybe secretly just don't want to do anything else except for that. So, because, because literally what I find is, uh, and the main thing I have to coach off the top is the mindset that you're not supposed to make money from your spiritual uh, gifts. You know what I mean? So, 80% and I, I have a whole podcast community that I do all these, uh, <laughs> do all these um, uh, kind of background work on, you know what I mean? 80% yeah. of spiritual uh, folks have in their mind that they're not supposed to make money off of that because it's a gift from God or it's a gift from the universe. You know what I mean? Um, so that's the first mindset thing that we have to work on. Um, so a lot of folks say they want to do it and then when it, when they get down to it, they won't allow themselves to charge or they won't allow themselves to charge enough to make it. You know what I mean? Like literally it will always be a side hustle because they don't think that they should be, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's a worthiness issue, honestly, you know, and we talked a little bit about that previously, but literally that's the first and the main thing that a lot of beginning uh, entrepreneurs in this mode, um, they have even service-based ones. You know, I have uh, I have a, a coaching client right now that worked for the Red Cross for 25 years. She has all kind of knowledge that people beg her for all the time. She goes around, she gives free seminars to every all kind of businesses, for-profit businesses, of course. Mm. You know what I mean? So she's giving away her time, her money, her effort. And she's surviving on $9.85 an hour, you know what I mean, when wow. she could easily, you know. Um, so it's not just spirituality. Like lots of times service-based people serve because they have that mentality, you know what I mean, that it's a calling or it's a mission from God or, or whatever they consider their higher power, you know, from the universe or whatever you call that. Um, so that's the first thing I have to uh, get over for sure. So how do you um, do that? I mean, what, what, how, what is it? The questions that you ask them to ask themselves? Is it like, what, what is it? How do you do that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and there's, so once I identify that, because lots of times people don't identify that in themselves. That's kind of one of the ones that I was talking about. So they'll think they want to start a business and they'll contact me. They're like, Hey, I've been doing this for 25 years. I need to figure out how to get paid off of this. 
easy. You've been doing it for 25 years. I guarantee you I can get you paid like in six months. You know what I mean? Where, you know, I guarantee you, you'll, you can replace that income you have right there. <clears throat> so yeah, it's all in the questions. So, and, let, and that's what I'm saying. Like the coaching part actually comes in because you have to really listen. The best skill a coach has more than even asking the question is listening to the answer and being able to assess if, if you know what I mean? It, was there a hesitation in that? You know what I mean? Like, how did they say what was their what was their nonverbal? What was their face look like? Did they slump down? Did they kind of look away? Did they not make eye contact? You know what I mean? Are they telling themselves a story or telling you a story? Both. Um, so lots of times there's lots of follow up questions. So if they start shrinking around that area, you know, and and like you said, it is, and you know a little bit about coaching because it is about the questions that you ask them to answer of themselves. Yeah. As, as opposed to a consultancy, a business consultant would go in and fix the problem. They do solutions, right? Yeah. A coach helps you fix your own problem. They coach right. you through the process of you doing it. Okay, that's right. the difference between a coach and a consultant. So as a coach, yeah, it is all about the questions, but it's about listening. And those follow-up questions is really where you get all the details because you need to get them to have an aha moment with themselves. Yes. That's the transformation. Yes. When they're just like, <laughs> yeah. when they're the, you know, when they're the. <laughs> yeah. Mind blowing. And they're like, oh my God, why didn't I think of that before? Boom. <laughs> that's when you know you've got them and they're open. Then they're open to it. Until yeah. that point, they'll deny it all the time. They're like, no, I want to make money doing this. Oh, man. You know, You're and they do. <laughs> they just want to straight buy, you know. So yeah, it's it's all about the questions and and kind of walking them through that process. And sometimes it takes more than one forty-five minute session. You know, yeah. I have ongoing things that go throughout the year. Uh, and people need tune-ups all the time. There's CEOs that constantly deal with the same issues, and they want to see me monthly or bi-weekly. You know, so yeah. How do you find like do you find doubt, self-doubt is a big thing that you see? Um, self-doubt is definitely a big thing. Usually. Um, usually they won't even come to me if it's, if that part, see the, the problem is like, I don't go and scout them out. They have to come to me. Yeah. Um, so usually it's not self doubt as much as, uh, like an undeserving. So it's not that they can't, that they can't perform. They know they know this stuff. You know what I mean? They just don't know that they're worth getting paid for it. You know what I mean? So that's a, that's a kind of a fine line difference. So mm. it's not that they don't think that they have the knowledge and the skills. It's the fact that they don't think they deserve to be paid for it. So you know what I'm saying? So it's more of a self-worth than a self-doubt by the time they get to me. Not to say that that's not the biggest reason that people don't start their own businesses and entrepreneurs, because I believe it definitely is. Um, I think everyone in the world has a great idea that they can make into a business and self-doubt is what holds the most, the majority, you know, 75% of people work for other people because of that. <laughs> Absolutely. So, I mean, so the undeservedness then, is that a sub more a subconscious process do you think? Yeah. Almost always it's a subconscious. It's something that they were raised up in. Uh, like I said, if you were ra raised up in a religion where that was taught that that's, uh, that's your penance. You know what I mean? That's what you do for the world. 
you know, um, this is this is the price you you pay to to live in the world and do unto others. That's where do unto others might come back to spite you if mm -hmm. you take it. Um, the fact that you have to do for others at your own expense and you have to sacrifice. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. So that's where, that's where the law of attraction differs from like traditional Christianity and a lot of, of religions um, because it's not about self-sacrifice in the law of attraction because you know going in what you give out, you're getting back. But do you find that that can kind of bite you in the ass as well let's say if you're just doing it for that reason like if you're just doing good to get good surely there's something karmic in there that's not 100 percent pure definitely possible but if you believe in a law of attraction as a pure universal law that karma that karma won't affect the law of attraction working because whatever you put out you get back so where karma comes in is if you're putting out negative energy, you get negative back. Okay. So take someone like the president of the United States right now, the spiritual community, for the most part, do not appreciate his demeanor. Okay. So now the religious community, a lot of them do. The religious right likes him. The yeah. spiritual community don't, you know, because of the karma and those things. Yeah. Um, but as far as law of attraction goes, um, almost every single law of attraction teacher say that he's one of the best at using the law of attraction to get what he wants. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because law of attraction takes only setting your intention and getting out of the way and allowing it to come back. So he has no self-doubt. He has all the confidence in the world. He knows what he wants. He sets it. You know, it's just like think and grow rich, Napoleon Hill. That's the law of attraction. And he's always he's always celebrating people as well, isn't he? He's always complimenting people. Even he gets obviously people make fun of him for doing it, but he's always oh great job, he did a great job, and he's a great guy, and this that. And other. But I mean, exactly. that, you know that that gets reciprocated energetically because again, what you put out comes back. So if you're going around complimenting people all the time, you're going to get that back. So yeah, no, it is. Exactly. It's fascinating actually when you think about it. Yeah. Now on a karma level that may come back to bite him at some point, you know what I mean? It depends what you believe in on, on those types of things. But, um, pure law of attraction standpoint, like the universal law of attraction does not like karma is not included in that. That's a different universal law. Wow. So he can use the law of attraction, you know, to get anything he wants, just like any of us can. Man, that's incredible that you've made a distinction between those two things because I kind of thought they were about the same. I've yeah. kind of had that paradigm that they're about the same, but the way you've just explained that is actually, well, yeah, because I suppose, yeah, because the thing with the law, if you're focusing on the positive, I mean, it's all, I like to call it the law of attention as well because it's what your attention right. is focused on. Yeah. So it's like the karma thing, yeah, there's a kind of a superstitious thing about karma, or you wouldn't want to do that because that's going to come back and bite you in the ass, but that's a negative bias. Right. You were talking about, you know, the positive thing and times throughout my life where I've gone kind of real into the positive side of things and stuff like that. And I've noticed the effects coming back to me in my life with stuff that I've manifested. Wow. That's amazing, man. You've just, yeah. you've just given me a, a realization there. Thank you so much for that. Wow. That's yeah, a, absolutely. That's so, and that's the thing It works for all of us. So, and, and that's, that can work into the self-belief. So people who, who do have that doubt, you know what I mean? I, I can use things like that to help them realize you can use this regardless. Like 
let's take that out of the picture. You want to be successful in business? Take that out of the picture. Let's not even consider that. Let's get you focused on what your intention is. You know what I mean? Let's get you focused on, you know, and, and doing all those things, putting out those positive vibes and getting that back. You know what I mean? Let's focus on that. This, you know, this, this karmic law over here, that's something that, you know, that's, first of all, if you really believe in the law of attraction, karmic law is only come back, going to come back to bite you if you think it is. Yes. You see what I'm saying? So that's, so that's the thing with all of these. So if you, the law of vibration says everything vibrates and everything's energy. All the other sub laws literally are, are based on what you believe. They're self-created. They're self-created. So if, if you believe that you're doing wrong when you do something, you're going to get that karma back because, because then you're putting out something negative knowingly. Because that's the rule that you've set for yourself. That's the rule. That's you set that paradigm and you're going against your own rule. So, you know what I mean? So, and <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you're flowing so my mind. Science, I'm thinking back to all the stuff I've got through. Yeah. It's like, I'm thinking <laughs> back to all the stuff I've gone through over the past few months and I'm like, oh my God, it's like, <laughs> it's all making so much sense to me now. Um, yeah. Wow, that's fantastic, man. That, and this is, and this is exactly what you do with people. Essentially, you, you have these deep conversations. You have these, yeah. uh, you know, conversations with people to elicit those uh, realizations and the funny thing is that's exactly what what my intention is for this podcast yeah for people to be able to listen to the conversations that i have with people and kind of just get those spirit you know those insights yeah. whatever whether they're spiritual or they're psychological whether they're whatever and yeah i mean that but th there's it's so rewarding though i can imagine when you see someone having a breakthrough i mean it, it just yeah. must be so rewarding being with them you know and just it, it really is and the funny thing is like a small shift can make such a difference Literally, they can make that same aha shift of, of being able to just put that aside and not even think about it for now. Be like, that, let's not consider that then. We're not going to consider that. We're going we're gonna to do pure law of attraction based on this one intention of you making six figures in six months. That's what we're going to focus on. And as you know you what, what as well, what you're doing is you're getting rid of all the labels. You're getting rid of all the connotations to all these different specific things like entrepreneurism or, you know, business and, you know, all these kind of things that we've been rave, raised to kind of perceive. So by you kind of saying, get that out of the way, you're, you're negating that stuff and you're getting to focus yeah. on the intention, purely the intention. And yeah. that's how you manifest stuff in the first place is you just, it's, it's that focal point, you know, of intention. And wow. That, and the interesting thing is it's, um, it's funny how you get there because the way you get there is by micro defining those 12 areas. So you make it so specific that you can literally just toss it out. You know what I mean? Because it's not a woo woo concept anymore. It's not this overlying, Oh, karma is going to get me. It's like, here's the 12 things right here. Scientific nerdy, make an intention it? for this thing and work on it. This is what we're working on. And so all these other sideline distraction things, they, they don't even come into play, you know? So if you can get a person to do that and get out of their own way, they can become successful in any of those areas. That's what it is though, isn't it? It's getting out of our own way. That's, it's ourselves. It's, we are our own worst enemies. We hold ourselves yeah. back more than anybody else in the world. And we perceive it that it's people out there doing it, but really it's ourselves. And it's it's it's, yeah, it's always us <laughs> it's always, it's always us. us exactly it's and that's why coaching works though because coaching never is about the other person it's always about you figuring out for yourself what you can do to make yourself better it's always that's what coaching is 
You know what I'm saying? So, and that's, the, so that's the beautiful thing about coaching as opposed to consulting because consulting lots of times can be like, well, we're going to bring in this marketing firm and they're going to help you do that. We're going to, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So there's a way to get to it at the same point, but you're not dealing with the mindset stuff. Yeah. So literally when you're, if you're a consultant, which I, I have a coaching consultancy because I have a business degree, so I can do all that stuff too. Yeah. But the problem is you don't ever deal with the underlying mindset issues that it's going to keep coming back. But it's kind of like a doctor. Consultants want you to keep coming back yeah. month after month. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, let's go, let's go for a checkup. You know, you have that problem all the time. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it comes back to cause and effect. Like they're treating the effect. And yeah. the, the treatment only lasts for a certain amount of time. Then you're back again. You need more, more treatment for the effect. But if you're not treating the cause in the first place, which is obviously the mindset and the belief system yeah. and the paradigms, <clears throat> then it's yeah, just... Yeah, so, so coaching is a very interesting in-between, between a consultant and a psychiatrist. It's right in between. It's in that sweet spot where you're relatable. You're talking, it's, it's more aspirational than inspirational. So you're talking about what you've been through and what you've seen in your journey. And then getting them to, you know, jump on board with that and kind of expound on it and as far as their own self, you know. So, yeah, it's it, it's a nice, sweet spot. And I, you know, it's a, I think that's why it's the burgeoning uh, career of, you know, right now in all areas, you know, there's coaches for everything right now. And it's just. It's, it's just getting bigger more. and bigger and bigger. It's just expanding, expanding, expanding. Yeah. There's a new. It's going to go from a 1 billion to a 16 billion this year. Like that big of a jump in one year what? 16 times one year yeah that says it all right there though doesn't it like yeah that's incredible that is incredible it works i mean as far as transformation goes it works because it's like i said it's right in that relatable sweet spot it's not somebody preaching at you yeah. and it's not somebody fixing it for you it's literally someone helping you fix it so that it's self-empowering, you know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's literally what we need that, you know, if you, especially if you believe in a law of attraction and you know, you're creating your own reality. Sometimes you just need a coach to, to, you know, help you do get out of your own way. Well, yeah. Once again, Absolutely. help you think of it that way. 100%. So tell us about like, I suppose influencers, obviously Dr. Wendar is one of your, one of your main influencers, but what, what, what other people have you kind of been massively uh, impacted or, you know, by over the years? What, what other kind of thought leaders have you had the privilege of, of being, you know, impacted by? Um, I've had a privilege a lot. Um, the funny thing is that the people that most people consider thought leaders uh, or influencers, especially, uh, aren't so much an influencer for me. Um, more so are the behind the scenes people that are probably influenced on the influencers that you know. Mm -hmm. So a big one for me is uh, Vishen Lakiani, who's the CEO of Mind Valley. Mm -hmm. Like that dude is amazing. Um, so and I get the privilege of working with him every single week. Um, his um, the former C CEO, who is the the CEO now of the coaching wing called Evercoach, uh, is a Jit Nawaka, and that dude is the best business mind I've ever seen. I mean, he literally he he coaches uh, like Google CEOs and COOs and CFOs and I mean everybody. Like th this is a dude that is a hundred thousand dollars to work with, you know. Like, so it's, talk about a mind and knowing how to coach someone through a process. 
literally if you just watch him work, like, and, and you're a coach and you get, you know what I mean? So you can pick up on what he's doing. You're just, that's when you, I get the aha moments. Like, oh my gosh, he, how did he just get that dude to come to that conclusion? It's like, that's incredible. You know, so people like that, um, neuroscience, uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza and Greg Braden, for sure. Dr. Bruce Lipton, like the Hay House authors, like have been huge. Um, of course, I've been working with them for three years, so it definitely all has seeped in, you know what I mean? So now I know 95% of what goes on is in the subconscious, you know what I mean? Only 5% is even conscious, so even when you say you want to make a change, that's 5%. How are you going to get into the 95 You know, so that's a whole nother, you know, so you can use neuroscience to get into that, and then that's when you get into your affirmations and your repetition and, you know, um, all the different, all the different uh, styles. Um, but I would say those folks for sure, uh, more so than any other, but, you know, obviously first, Dr. Dyer, first and foremost. Um, but I always list as my first mentor, Yoda. So, Yoda. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. As I was growing up, like I, that's, this is how spiritual I was. Like literally Yoda was my favorite character just because of that. Before I even knew that he was saying Buddha, you know what I mean? Before I even knew that Steven Spielberg was writing Buddha lines for Yoda, I didn't even know anything about Eastern philosophy or religions. Um, but yeah, I was super attracted to that always. I have a, I actually have a, a, here's my nerd side right here. I have a collection of 186 unique Yoda items. What? Are you kidding? <laughs> that I've been kid. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's incredible, man. Yeah. So, yeah. So, but from Yoda, you know, like I said, all the way to the modern day Yoda of uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, who is <laughs> my modern day Yoda. But mm, that's so cool. That's so so cool. So, yeah. Well, that's absolutely fascinating. I have to say. So, I mean, <clears throat> with regards to yourself, and uh, like obviously, you know, you've been on this path for a while. Like, what what kind of uh, what message would you like to leave behind? You know regards you know kind of regards to your legacy and stuff after you're gone what is the one core message that you would like to kind of affect you know in the world yeah um that's a good question like i i get that a lot as i as i'm going through like with my coaches and they're you know as as we're crafting crafting a legacy is what we call it mm. um so as i'm putting out books and doing different things. Um, obviously, positivity is the biggest thing that I go with. Uh, positivity is um, is the layman's version of law of attraction. So you can, so as long as you're espousing positivity, you don't have to say law of attraction and turn a lot of people off who aren't spiritual. Because if you can get someone to think, to always think in a positive term, and tell them why it works mentally in in their mind of why of how positive works you know on this physical plane you don't have to say law of attraction even though they're using law of attraction because everything you put out you get back you see what i'm saying i know that but you know both of my books um very slightly mention law of attraction even though you know i'm i'm certified uh, practitioner and teacher of the of law of attraction of ho'oponopono of all these different uh, styles of things. Um, I, I literally preach positivity. Um, so my book, uh, finding your silver linings, 
it's all it's all about the the methodologies and the processes to keep your vibration at a certain level without saying all those woo woo terms. <laughs> so so literally it's like appreciation, gratitude, um, you know what I mean, music, like positive things like that, art, create any kind of creative endeavor. Like so I list out all these processes um to keep positive and keep vibration high without saying you're now practicing a law of attraction. I should end. I should end every book with that. But I don't. <laughs> so, ah, so what do you think? There's kind of a stigma then about the law of attraction in a sense where people kind of get a bit resistant to it because they think it's a bit too woo woo. Or yeah, ab- absolutely. And 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 maybe less now than before. Although there's some there's some backlash now. Um, so it's kind of getting to the point where, even though you know 50% of the world believes in the law of attraction. There's a lot of people who have been practicing it since the secret came out and mm. haven't seen any, you know, any uh, positive progress in their minds. You know what I mean? They can't, they don't have the million dollars that they've been asking for for 10 years. So mm. now there's a backlash towards that, you know, so that's one thing that you see in the spiritual world too, is there's, there's a lot of folks that wanted to really bad to believe, you know, all the things kind of, sort of a little bit practice the secret. Maybe yeah. you've heard of Abraham Hicks. Oh yeah, of course. You know, and 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 tuned into a video or two of that, or Ralph Smart, and you know, yeah. uh, those kind of folks. So maybe have a little bit done it, didn't get what they wanted, and now they're against all of that. You know what I mean? So they're against the spirituality and all that. So. But I think that that duality is and is kind of always going to be there. You're always going to have the two sides. You know, you're always going to have people who believe and you're always going to have people who don't. And I think that's that's just necessary contrast anyway. Um, obviously, it would be nice for everybody to believe in in the positive side of things. But um, I don't know. Maybe we will get there eventually. Hopefully, we will. But. Um, we're, we're definitely shifting that way. And that, that's actually part of that whole shift we were talking about earlier. Um, so duality is a 3D concept. It's one that we made for this earth. So the, the two oh, wow. tenets of 3D is duality and time. So when both of those things go away, you, so when duality goes away, you get to 4D. When time goes away, you get to 5D. So when there's no longer duality and you realize it's not black and white, it's all gray. And that there's no time, everything is happening at one time. That's a, that's what they consider fifth dimensional or fifth density. I've heard that concept before. Yeah, about time that every every moment is occurring in the one moment, and it's yes. our consciousness. So, so that, you always have a choice. Like, what's your choice? It's it's literally like a choose your own adventure storybook. I don't know if you if you you know what I mean. Yeah. So literally, you get to a point, and it's like, what will you do now? You would do this, okay? Then you're jumping to this timeline over here, because on this timeline, that's where you did that. Oh, you didn't do that? Did you jump over here? You know, and, and this is going to lead you to a certain point, but you'll have more choices. So you can either make your way back, or you know what I mean. So, so but it's not linear. It's always happening at the same time, according to you know, according to that concept, which. Yeah, it's yep. essentially the, the multiverse theory, isn't it? Like, so you're basically slipstreaming into into different alternate realities. But I mean, that's what possibility creation is anyway. I mean, if you pick up the cup or you don't pick up the cup, I mean, yeah. scientifically, it's you're always splitting realities. You're always going into alternate realities. There's no exactly. one fixed alternate reality, or there's no one fixed reality. Essentially, we are possibility right. creators in motion. Exactly. Um, you know, and, and, and that that's the key right there. You know what I mean? Energy in motion, emotion. 
emotionally. So, and, and that's, you know, so when you get down to the basics of the law of attraction and, and vibration and all that, it's the energy plus, plus the feelings come together and that's an emotion. That's what we broadcast out to the field. That's what comes back to us is, is an energy that matches that. So when you're passionate about something, so you intend it, you're passionate about it, you send it out, you get out of your own way, and that's the law of attraction in action right there. Yeah, because it's like a, it's a, it's a heart, heartful intention, isn't it? It's not, you're not intending with the mind and it's just about gain. <clears throat> you're intending with the heart and the heart is, it's, it's the core of your being. So it's like, I mean, I'm, tr I'm trying to think of a way to explain this to someone who's never heard the concept. I mean, essentially, it's like when you're in a good mood. Do you ever have that, those days where everything's going great and you're in a great mood? You get out of the right, right side of the bed. All the traffic lights are green on the way to work. Yep. You're holding the doors open for you. You're feeling inspired. You're feeling creative. You're feeling happy because you're, you know, you're kind of operating from that kind of positive heart, heart center kind of uh, vibe. But then if you're having exactly. a shitty day, obviously, it's the opposite way. So that's the, that's the simplest way to explain it. Um, Absolutely. Joseph Campbell said, follow your bliss. And that's the law of attraction. You know what I mean? Literally, if you always, and Abraham Hicks puts it like this, just reach for the next best feeling thought. Always reach for the next best feeling thought. So it's about feeling thought. A feeling thought. Feeling okay? thought. So, and, that, and I teach this to kids. Like this is part of my mindfulness. I'm teaching Abraham Hicks in the school corporation. Brilliant. In fact, that, that was the mantra that we had <laughs> just today. Wow. So it was, you know, so I had 30 kids talking about what, what, what happens when you get frustrated? Just reach for the next best feeling thought. In other words, you don't have to, you don't have to down yourself for being depressed. You just have to get a little bit more happy because it's about building momentum towards that. You know what I'm saying? Because what people do, if they think they can't get there, that actually limits themselves you know so then that's when you get in your own way because you're like i'm never going to be a happy person i've always been like this you know what i mean like i can't even i don't even know how to think that you know i can't even think that i would be like that so it's it's reached for the next best feeling thought you know um and it's just about raising your vibration and like i said with my books i teach literally from the time you wake up to keep your vibration as high as possible so when you go when you go to sleep I, I do meditation at night when I go to sleep. I do meditation in the morning as well. I also do a walking meditation in nature in the daytime, 90% of the time when I can. Um, but in between that, there's a lot of positivity. There's a lot of mantras going on in my head all the time. Um, I make affirmations and like I, I teach it. Like I do workshops. Like we've got a huge workshop coming up uh, in Las Vegas. We booked out the stratosphere and myself. Miracles, isn't it? Yeah, Manifest a Miracle. So I'm, I'm flying over a, a huge Law of Attraction practitioner from Ireland. Her name is Ali O'Shea. Oh, um, wow. so she's coming in for that, and, and her and I are going to be doing that. We're going through a whole thing about how to make your own affirmations based on your intention. So um, the one that I have, I, I have one that actually went viral and uh, is, has really blown up a lot. And it's as simple as this. And, but I can break down every single piece of it, and I show people how to replace it with things that, that they want for their intention. But mine, mine is, I am grateful for the knowledge of the God within. Divine abundance flows to me easily. I'm grateful for the knowledge of the God within. Divine abundance flows to me easily. And, of course, being a hip-hop artist, I have a song for it. 
And people <laughs> like learn it like that. And that's how it went viral. There's, you know what I mean? Oh, wow. We're talking 800,000 downloads. So, but it's, I'm grateful for the knowledge of the God within divine abundance. It flows to me easily. <laughs> I love People get that in their minds and, so and, and listen, listen to the, listen to the breakdown. So it's about gratitude. I'm first of all, it's I am and in spirituality, anything you put after I am is how you're defining yourself. Yeah. So I am grateful. That's the first three words. I am grateful for the knowledge. So I've got the brain in there. Okay. So this is our conscious brain, right? So I'm grateful for the knowledge of the God within. Okay. So I'm talking to, so now we're down to soul and heart and then divine abundance. So if we're a God within, then it is our birthright to be able to have the abundance of the earth, right? Divine abundance flows to me easily. So we didn't even get to talk about flow or anything like that, but I do a lot of, a lot of work on flow too, Mm. because like I said, uh, a lot of folks, think law of attraction is too woo-woo, but flow is something that is scientifically studied in a lot of different science disciplines. Absolutely. That's what all the top athletes in the world, they all know how to get into a state of flow when they're performing. Exactly. It's all the top athletes, every creative endeavor, honestly, that's how you do it. Uh, I mean, it's been studied. Like a painter, the the way a painter does that, a writer, like me, when I write, I, I write 70 pages at a time. Literally, I just black out and just be like, wow. you know, what I, mean? <laughs> you know? Uh, I mean, think about like Mozart, Beethoven, they would write whole symphonies yeah. in a night. They would stay up all night long and write the symphony. <clears throat> but you know what? I've been in those states many times myself and there's no, there's no other high that compares to it. When you're in yeah. that creative flow and literally the information is just streaming through you, like it's just, it's such a, an incredible feeling. Like. Right. So, so that flow so I put that into my, into my mantra or my affirmation. Um, and I break that down for people. So that's, that's a great end for me to be able to talk about flow. Mm. Um, the golden rule of flow is flow follows focus. So, so I do, I do a lot of work on flow with a, with a lot of uh, different nonprofits and things. So flow follows focus. So basically a focused intention, which once again, we're back to the law of attraction. We just don't call it that. So a focused intention, you know what I mean? So a heartfelt focused intention, okay? That's what brings the flow to you. So that's, so once again, the emotion goes out, the flow comes back, okay? So it's, it's all the same thing. It's in different terms. So I'm You've trying to help. That's an elegant way of explaining it, man. I love the way you're languaging. I love the, the way you're using your language in there. Like you're talking about, what was it? What were you talking about? The thoughts before the, the next feeling thought. Go for yeah. the next best feeling thought. So yeah. that totally changes the paradigm with regards to thought because you always think of thought in the mind, but you're saying feeling thought, which is heart-mind. Right. It's a heart-mind connection because that, that is what, you know what I mean? That, that is what it is. So we've got, you know, we've got our mind, but it's got to combine with the heart before the intention can go out. That makes an emotion. The heart and the mind makes the energy yeah. move. The heart is the, is the power source for the intention. Yes. Through Correct. the mind. Wow. That is yep. so and it's been proven and I've I've done some work with it's called the Heart Math Institute. And um the heart the heart is actually over a hundred times it emits over a hundred times stronger um energy than the brain. But like the brain has its own power, 
but it's not nearly as strong as the heart. So once once those combine, that's what sends that out into the universe or the field or whatever you want to call it. Um, and then it flows back to you. So divine abundance, because it's your noble birthright, because if you're a God or the son of God or however you want to think about it, it's your divine birthright to have all abundance that's available on the earth. Divine abundance flows to me easily because it's all about ease. It's not about, you know, and that's, that's another part of, of the law of attraction is it shouldn't be work. It should be um, inspired action. Yes. But work going out and hustling and work, that's, that's a big no, no in the, in the spiritual community. It's the struggle because you're, you're struggling against your circumstances and you're, you're trying to, you're trying so hard to try and change things, but you're, you're, you're coming from the wrong paradigm. Essentially you're coming from a paradigm of weakness. Exactly. As opposed to a paradigm of strength. And I think that this is just something that, is so so vital with regards to you know yes. creating stuff in your life, and I think I don't think it's something that's addressed enough though, even in the law of attraction circles. To be honest, yeah, uh, it's getting more so. Yeah. the The problem is the problem is people fight against it, especially in business. So forever, the term when you're a good business person is because you're a hustler. Yeah, you know what I mean. You're yeah. struggling. You you work ninety hours for a forty hour job. There's no, you know what I mean? They're, you're a warrior. You're, mm. All of these are coming from lack. Yeah. Honestly, you know what I mean? All of that, like you said, is a negative paradigm, like you're fighting against the world. You know what I mean? And that's not the same as divine abundance flows to me easily. You know what I'm saying? You're not setting yourself. So what you're setting yourself up for is a fight because it is what you believe. So if you believe it's going to be hard, it's going to take 90 hours to make $100,000, it's going to take 90 hours. <laughs> you know because you won't let yourself do it any other way and we're, again it comes back to we're defining our own rules again we're we're we're, we're drawing our own box and we're putting ourselves yep. in that box <laughs> yep exactly so we're putting ourselves we're putting a glass ceiling around ourselves and we're looking out there and we're like look at them holding us in this glass box <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> it's them <laughs> oh man like why do we do this to ourselves i mean what like <laughs> Yeah, well, it's, it's, it has to do definitely with the human ego and um, just the 3D reality as it is. You know what I mean? It's, um, it's definitely how we perceive it. It's, it's all in how we perceive it. And that's why some people don't struggle at all through life and some people do. And even people that you may consider bad. Like, you know, I mean, we were talking about the president of the United States earlier. Some people think he's the worst person ever mm. because, you know, he may have racist views or whatever. But as far as using the law of attraction and knowing how to get what he wants, he knows how to do that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So that no judgment, you know what I'm saying? Like law of attraction, there's no judgment in that, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that's the other thing. The only, the only way you ever introduce judgment is if you judge. So, so if you're defining your entire reality and you don't judge someone. So if you learn how to be unjudgmental. Yeah, because I remember in uh, Deepak Chopra's book, Seven Spiritual Laws of Success, he talks about being non-judgmental and <clears throat> just going out into the day and saying to yourself, okay, today I, I shall judge nothing that occurs. And right. I've done that a few days. I've done that a few times. And it's just like, yeah, the day just seems to flow perfectly. Like, because yeah. you're not preoccupied with 
you know, assessing things, comparing things, comparing yourself to things, judging people, whatever. And yeah, it has such a powerful impact, but it's such, it's a habit that needs to be cultivated, I think. It it is, you know, and, and that's the thing. And that was my point with starting off the morning with meditation and with high vibrations and and keeping it there. Because when you start negative, it is really hard to get, to, to let yourself, you know, raise that up. Abraham Hicks talks about we're emotionally, we're a cork. If we would just quit holding ourselves under the water, we'd automatically bob up. But the problem is we look for everything and, and why, why we're not, you know, why do I feel like this? Let's, let's analyze it. Let's use our, you know, let's use the 5% to, to analyze what's holding me down. You know what I mean? So that creates stuff to hold us down, you know? So. Oh, so true. So true. And like, so can you talk a little bit about the 5 a.m. club? I, I know you post a few things on your Facebook page about Robin Sharma and the, the 5 a.m. club. Can you, can you yeah, just so, explain what that is and how it's impacted your life? Yeah, absolutely. I should have, I should have mentioned Robin earlier as, as, as one of the influencers in my life for sure. So Robin was my actual business coach right after Dr. Dyer. He was my next coach. So I had Dr. Dyer, then I had Robin Sharma, then I had Vishen Lakhiyan. Um, and as, uh, as well. So, but Robin, Robin is amazing. And for those folks who don't, don't know Robin, like he is, he does all kinds of things, but he's a high performance coach for sure. Like he's, he only really deals with CEOs and things and he, he won't even coach one-on-one. Like literally he makes you come to, <laughs> to an event with a thousand other people paying a hundred thousand dollars a piece, you know, in a mastermind situation, but he's amazing. And he has, um, he has, he actually just came out with a book called the 5am club, but he's been teaching it for 12 years. So, um, so the 5am club basically is just what I'm talking about. It's about starting your day off on high vibrations. So what he says, and it doesn't even have to be 5am. It depends on what you do. So if you're an entrepreneur and you make your own hours, all he's saying is reserve the first three hours of your day to, to making sure your vibration is right. So that's what he's saying. He's saying that the best investment you can do when you're, when you're fresh out of bed is to get all these things in line. Okay. So he includes meditation with that. He includes, um, like some personal study. So whether it's reading a book or an audio book or, you know, getting, um, proper, proper nutrients and, and those type of things. So the first, the first three hours, um, are really what it's about. So we call it the 5 a.m. club. And some of us really do 5 a.m. because we, you know, we start our day at 8 a.m. in actuality. Mm. So between 5 and 8, I wake up, I do meditation. Um, I always study for almost a whole hour on, on different YouTube things or whatever. Um, I, I take all my, my, I have a huge regimen of, <laughs> of vitamins and minerals and all kind of things that I take um, to get right with that, uh, you know, greens and all that stuff. Um, before we do exercise, then we do exercise. Um, and then we plan out today and we sit there and we visualize the entire day, how it's going to go and, you know, and all those things. So it's just amazing to be able to start like that. And uh, especially in what I do, because like I said, I deal Monday through Thursday, I deal with kids in the school corporation pretty much every Monday through Thursday. Uh, and it's not the, the, the mainstream. It's, it's all, 
the kids that are having anger management issues. It's the kids, you know, the autistic kids. So the kids that are struggling in the school, I'm dealing with Monday through Thursday, you know, from 8 a.m. to 3 o'clock. You know so, what I mean? So you need to be able to show up in the right state of mind that you can, you know, help those kids and not be, you know, Absolutely. React, react to them. Yeah, I don't, want to, I don't want to bring any kind of baggage of my own or anything or anyone else into that mix. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, so I'm perfectly on my thing. I'm able to listen intently, come back with the coaching questions, help them work, work through their issues um, and all that. So that's the 5 a.m. club. Um, it's, it's definitely been a huge help in my life. You know, I, I do certain processes like that. I also do intermittent fasting. Um, um, Tell us a little bit about that. I know I've heard about that before where you, you don't eat for a certain amount of time per day. Is it or what, what way do yeah. you do it? Yeah, so intermittent fasting, if you have like a regular um, like a regular process to it, um, like I do, I actually do 18-6, which means I fast for 18 hours a day. And what they call a feeding window, I only have six hours of a feeding window. So the way I personally do it um, is I drink alkaline water and I do the nutrients thing all the way up until three o'clock. When I get out, of my of working with the school kids at three o'clock then that starts my feeding window and I have between three and nine o'clock to eat you know and we've you know obviously we're not eating certain things like I don't do a lot of sugar and I don't do a lot of carbs and stuff like that but and then at nine o'clock I begin my fast again for the next day so I do that at least five days a week um, lots of times on the weekends when I travel I don't do that uh, I, I fall back to a less of an intermittent fasting, not an 18-6. So you can do all, you know, kind of whatever works for you. Um, but there's all kind of studies on the benefits to that. And one of the beauties of working with Mind Valley is you get all of those things. So they have a program called WildFit, this intermittent fasting challenge, 28-day intermittent fasting challenge we just did through Mind Valley. Um, there's all kind of different programs and things. So you're always learning that because Vision, it, is a biohacker. That's what he does. Like literally he's about making himself the best human being possible <laughs> in all aspects. You know what I mean? So if, if he thinks he can do it, he's, he's on it. You know what I mean? He personally scouts out the, the programs and the people all from all over the world per, personally goes in and takes the tests, like works with them for six months himself. If he sees a positive aspect, then he signs them to a deal. They make a program for mind Valley. Like it's, it's a really cool process, you know, and, and being part of that is, uh, is really awesome because we get to be the guinea pigs, if you will, you know, but we definitely get all the uh, little biohacks along the way. So, uh, Jim Quick's program, as far as, uh, you know, right, right. Memorizing things and all that. Jim Quick through Mind Valley, we, we did this program, the Life Book program, which is, uh, John and Missy Butcher, um, you know, Vision loved that concept, so he put it into Mind Valley. Um, but at, literally, that's how every single program that's at Mind Valley happened. Vision tested it first, and it worked but, for him. But you know, the crazy thing is, like Vision, um, he got his inspiration from T. Harv Eker when he went to Millionaire Mind Intensive back in, I think it was 2011. So he went to that seminar, and then he just decided, right, I'm going to create Mind Valley, and that's that's what he did. I mean, it's just fascinating to see that. That's how he, that's how he created some of the, that's how he created the money part. So if you listen to his story about how he actually created Mind Valley, he was, 
he was a meditation instructor. So, <laughs> so Vishen is is a supermind. First of all, he's genius level, and he. You know, he went and he was supposed to be a, a programmer, and, and he did that out of college. You know, he made his dad happy, did this thing. Was not for him. Completely quit his job, decided there had to be something more because spirituality was calling him. So he quit all of that and decided to be a not even a mindfulness instructor, literally just meditation. So all he did was meditation because he went to one meditation class when he was struggling with all this. And it changed his life. So once, it, so he even started like that. So that's exactly how it was. It changed his life. So he's like, well, I want to do that. So he started teaching meditation. Okay, he's from Kuala Lumpur. So he's technically not even an American citizen, but he was living in New York at the time. So he started Mind Valley out of a third floor apartment in New York, and all it was was meditation. Well, he met Bob Proctor. Bob Proctor yeah, yeah. is from The Secret. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's in Toronto. Yeah. I used to study so he met Bob people. Proctor, and Bob Proctor basically, so he went up to Bob Proctor, and he's like, oh, I'm doing this. I quit my job. Now I'm doing meditation. He's like, how much, how much are you making doing meditation, Vision? He's like, well, I'm not making that much. But he's like, how come you're not charging more than that, Vision? Aren't you worth more than that, Vision? Like literally he called him out. He's like, you're not doing enough. <laughs> and he and Vishen said he was mad for like six months. <laughs> and then he just literally got over himself. He's like, he's completely oh, right. So funny. <laughs> yeah. So he started adding other things. And you're right. T. Harv Eckert does do what he, he's the one that does our financial stuff. So any of the financial programs through Mind Valley is T. Harv Eckert. Um, but we've got, I mean, we, we do everything. So yeah, it's, it's an amazing story. Like it, he's, uh, he, is, he literally has biohacks, everything, though. Every single one of those programs that Mind Valley offers, he's already done and had transformation in his own life. So. Excellent. Fantastic. Pretty crazy. Fantastic. That's pretty cool stuff to be involved in. So, um, so yeah, so I suppose we'll wrap it up now. We've been going for about 90 minutes now. It's been a fantastic episode, <laughs> man. I have to say I could talk with you forever. Um, yeah. I'd definitely love to have you back on again at some stage. But um, just kind of just to wrap it up here now. So, like, with regards to yourself, kind of uh, – you know, maybe kind of in your early 20s, maybe you went through a bit of struggle with not really knowing what you wanted to do with your life. Would you have any kind of like words of wisdom um, for yourself back then? If you could, if you could say, uh, you know, give your 20 year old self any advice, what would you say? Um, hmm. It's a good question. Honestly, I probably wouldn't. And I know a lot of people say that because it might change the outcome, but <laughs> honestly, like everything, everything worked out perfect you know what i mean uh, you know everything builds off of everything so um no i think everything that i went through and and we kind of talked about it already like literally every from 10 years old everything that i've ever done i use on a daily basis now you know what i mean all the way through high school you know i was a dj and uh, a rapper and then i went to college and i was a college dj and that college dj thing led me to like uh like knowing Diddy and knowing Quincy Jones and knowing Russell Simmons. And so that was the ends that we used when we went to the Philadelphia music conference. And in Philadelphia, there happened to be this up and coming group called the Fugees who was signed to a record <laughs> label in Philadelphia. We did our showcase. They signed us as an opening act that blot. I mean, like Man, your I, whole life story is just the law of attraction, like quantified, you know, that 
That's what yeah. it is. Man. You're literally the law of attraction and emotion. Like, I mean, it's the funny thing is everyone's life story is. So if you can sit, the, the problem is you have to have the perception that that is true. So like if you sat down and picked your own life out, like, see, I've had plenty of time to do it because I've teach, been teaching the law of attraction for six years. So I already know how to say it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But if you sat down and did yours, you would be able to do the same thing. You would be able to see how what you put out came back. You know what I mean? Whether it was good or bad, it doesn't even matter. I mean, really, we shouldn't even judge whether it was good or bad because it got us to a certain spot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they say, the path's not a straight line anyway. You know what I mean? Like literally the path is whatever we say it is. So, so it's a spiral, don't they? But, yeah. It, well, it's all about progress, right? So as long as we're, we're progressing in one aspect or another, which, you know, Abraham Hicks teaches, you can't not progress. You're always reaching for more. So you're always progressing, you know? Absolutely. So absolutely so yeah i probably wouldn't tell myself anything i'd probably be like everything's gonna be awesome do, do your thing <laughs> i probably i probably feel like joseph campbell follow your bliss <laughs> oh, i love it man i absolutely love it well listen look tony i have to say thank you so much for being on the show today it's been an absolute pleasure um having you if anyone wants to check out uh tony it's uh tony doyle inspires.com is that the website that is it Tony so if you want to get tickets to our uh, vegas vegas thing or any of my programs um, I've got all kinds of stuff on there. So I do t-shirt design. I do anything creative. I do my affirmations on there. So if you like that and you want to download, there you go. Excellent. Fantastic. Fantastic. Right. Well, thank you so much guys for joining me today. I hope you've gained a lot of value from this episode and um, thank you again for your support and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode today, guys. I really, really appreciate your support. Um, if you had any breakthroughs or realizations during this episode, I'd really love to hear about them. You can comment on the Journey Within Facebook page. You can write a review on the podcast platform, or you can even email me directly at nigelmiller.ie at gmail.com. And if you feel you gained immense value from this episode, donations through PayPal are always appreciative. Um, also, is there something in your life that you find yourself struggling with? Is it something that you feel maybe I could help you with? If so, feel free to go ahead and book a free 15-minute consultation with me at calendly.com forward slash journey within. That's C-A-L-E-N-D-L-Y dot com forward slash journey within.